Welcome to the Hello Happy Podcast. I'm Nicole. And I'm Luke. Join us each week as we talk about family, fun, and faith. Welcome to episode five of the Hello Happy Podcast. We are so excited to talk today, continue the conversation about marriage, but really focus on communication. It's a big topic. I mean, uh, communication is is probably one of the biggest places where you have breakdown, where you have argument. And it's more than just the words you say. It can be the way you say them. It can be the things you don't say. It can be the actions that you do. And in fact, to kind of kick off today's episode, we're going to talk about our love languages. And if you're not familiar with that concept, uh, it's a book called The Five Love Languages by Gary Chapman. And he is a uh, counselor, marriage counselor. And um, in this book, what he describes is how, you know, we've talked about this a little bit, I think, a few weeks ago when we first started talking about marriage, we talked about defining love, defining marriage, because even though you use those words, they don't mean the same thing to everybody. Right. Some people think that love means something different than the other. Right. And so he, he looked at this and, and kind of realized in his years of counseling that besides saying the word I love you and maybe we have verbal differences in our definitions, the way we're raised, the way we grow up, maybe the culture we're from, uh, we all have different ways of communicating I love you with action. And where this can become very detrimental is, is if you don't, if you ever want to hurt someone's feelings or you have your own feelings hurt, try to say, I love you to someone and then feel like it was rejected. That is going to anger you. Unlike anything else is I tried to show you, I love you and you threw it back at my face. And so in this book, what he does is he kind of breaks down these five categories and he admits they're not sweeping for everybody, but they're pretty good. They're pretty solid. Mm-hmm. And so the five love languages are um, physical touch, which is not just intimacy, but hugs, hand, you know, sitting close to each other, those kind of things. A pat on the back, you know, uh, just physical touch makes you feel comforted. Uh, the second is acts of service, which is you doing something that takes workload off of your spouse or your loved one. Uh, the third is quality time, just one-on-one time together. That means a lot. Uh, the fourth, fourth is gifts, and uh, gifts don't mean that they're expensive. It could be simply you, you did something physical, like you, you wrote a note, you, you know, drew a picture, you know, something, something silly or soft. Drew a picture. Well, I'm thinking about kids, you <laughs> know, true. like when your kid colors you a picture and it's not a great picture. Yeah, but, but not everything's like jewelry. It could just be something as simple as a little note here or there. Right. Um, or, and then the last one, the fifth one is words of affirmation. Just having your spouse say, I'm proud of you, I love you, thank you, you're awesome, you're amazing. And so those five love languages, most people, if they take the test, and you can take the test for free at, uh, I think it's the five love languages. Yeah, if you just Google five love languages, it'll pop up, and you can click on learn your love language, and then we clicked on the couples quiz. You want to share that time or that example you have in your own life of friends? Yeah, so this is a great example of when people have not learned about the love languages and they're in a tough spot. So I had a coworker who um, all he really wanted was his wife to clean up the kitchen. <laughs> Sounded like something that was simple to him. She got off of work earlier than him. And so he was like, I just don't understand why she can't just clean the kitchen. So one day he came home from work. The kitchen was a mess. He immediately went to clean the kitchen because in his mind, he was going to show her how much he loved her <laughs> by doing the dishes, by cleaning up. When in reality, um, as soon as he was done cleaning the kitchen, they got into this huge argument. 
about how she never spends time with him and she never sees him and he's gone all day at work. And when he comes home, the first thing he does is are the dishes. So in that instance, you know right offhand that the wife in the situation put really an emphasis, maybe her love language was quality time and his love language was acts of service. So he thought he was showing her love by doing the dishes when in reality he was infuriating her because that just wasn't the way that she communicated. Yeah, there's another great example in the book uh, where he talks about how he was counseling the couple. He tried to do sessions together. <laughs> they were just so bad. He started doing one-on-ones. And he noticed in all these conversations, this garden they had in their backyard just kept coming up. And her complaint was he just spent so much time in the garden and all she wanted was for him to spend time with her. And his complaint was he hates the garden, but she loves it. So he worked so hard to take care of the garden to show her, look, even though I don't care about this stupid place, I do all this for you. And so what he discovered in this was here's this breakdown. He, he's going to the garden to say, babe, I love you. I could care less about the flowers. I could care less about the plants. But I know you love them. So I'm going to spend hours out here making this thing pristine to you because it's, it's my physical way of showing you, like, I love you. And then he comes in, and he's kind of not excited about doing all that, but comes in, and what's her response? Like, who cares? Because all she wanted was for him to be in the room. And so what you started to realize, how sad for these two people, he doesn't want to be in the garden, she doesn't want to be in the garden. <laughs> but because they don't understand how to communicate I love you, they've been messing up this whole time. And so that's where this is important is you may not fit perfectly into one of these, but the key is, do you understand how your spouse communicates love? And do you understand how you communicate love? Because sometimes they're saying, I love you, and you're not hearing it, or you're saying, I love you, and they're not hearing it. Right. And then it snowballs into resentment and leads into all other kinds of problems. So let's talk about what our love languages are. (laughs) So, oh, go ahead. So... My uh, top two are one is words of affirmation. And I should say them real quick. It's kind of funny. Uh, when you go to the website, you'll see they ask you what relationship. Is it couples? Is it parents? Is it kids? Is it work? Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and what I find is words of affirmation don't really tend to matter to me except from Nicole. Um, I actually kind of get awkward and don't really like them so much like at work. Um, I, I don't really know how to receive them. Um, but personally with Nicole, like I want to hear words of affirmation. So for me, I'm I'm strong on words of affirmation. Um, and then I, my second one is physical touch. And and again, that's just like hugs. You know, it's a big deal to me. Like when I walk into the door, does everybody come give me a hug and kiss? Um, those little moments, those matter to me. And so those are my top two. Yep. So my top two, and I'm, I feel kind of like I'm going to be judged here, but it's okay. I'm, I'm okay. I'm okay sharing. So the top one is acts of service. And I thought that that was interesting because that has not always been my top one. No. Um, when we got married, that was not your... No, it was not. And so as we've had children and as I've been at home raising them and working, um, acts of service means something totally different to me now. So now when Luke calls me from work and says, I'm able to pick up the kids for you, you don't have to wake up Elle from her nap, I'm going to bring them home, I literally could like cry with joy, I'm so excited. And that's just a simple act of service, but it means, it means so much. No, like I get a huge response from you, we have this, this zero calorie watermelon flavored thing you like, 
And if I'm in the kitchen and I notice your cup's slow and I make you the watermelon water, you <laughs> act like I'm Superman. <laughs> like, and I think everyone that follows me, they know that I get really, really excited about the small things. That's just, that's just who I am. So um, my next highest one is receiving gifts. Now, I want to clarify. Dollar, dollar bills. I would not be mad if I got diamond jewelry every single day. But um, receiving gifts to me are are mostly, every single time, just like something small. Like a little, I was thinking about you, I saw this for you, and I got it. Something as small, even as I was at the store and I picked up your favorite candy bar. <laughs> to me, that is just like a... That just means so much because it me to me it means that you were thinking about me. No, and it's funny because <laughs> I've seen times where I've bought you expensive jewelry, and I've gotten the same reaction as maybe I got a Hello Kitty pop figure for you. <laughs> it's like what? <laughs> I know. I know. So those are our top two. We would definitely urge you guys to visit the website. We'll put it in the show notes of the podcast so that you can take the quiz for yourself. I think that especially if you find yourself in a difficult spot in your marriage right now, like maybe there's some communication gaps, this could be huge for you, especially if you sit down together and then you talk through your results. I think it's super beneficial. No, because again, I mean, we said it before, but miscommunication always stinks. Uh, miscommunication can always lead to, to anger, sadness, whatever. But really, the, the, the biggest hurt ever is... I thought through my actions, my words, or whatever, I was saying I love you. And then you didn't, you didn't respond. And so, like, think, for example. Like, so Nicole's gifts, right? Let's say she goes somewhere and picks me up something small, right? She was just thinking of me at the store. She picks me up something small. She gives it to me. I'm not a gifts of service guy. Like, gifts don't rate her. That's my last love language. But to me, they're so important, so I think I'm doing something great. Right, so you're like, if I receive this, I, yeah. I'd be on cloud nine. This would mean everything to me. I get it, and I'm like, oh, great, thanks. And I have at times brought you things and been like, so what do you think about that? Did you love it? Did you? <laughs> I'm like, I want you to love the gift as much as I loved giving it. And, and so that's hard on both sides because her potentially as the giver goes, oh, he didn't, he didn't care. And me as the receiver might go like, man, I was having a stressful day and she picked me up a Snickers. Okay. Um, it, it, it sounds small, but these things can be big. And I think the other important thing to know is one, I think they do change from setting to setting. And I do think they change over time. Definitely. I think life circumstance can cause them to change. Absolutely. And, and this kind of boils down to why communication is so hard. One, we sometimes don't have the definitions for the same words. So we already talked about that, right? Love itself may not mean the same thing to two people. Mm -hmm. One says this is joyful sacrifice for your benefit. The other's like, well, I really like you and you're hot. Mm -hmm. um, then you add on, okay, we communicate differently through love languages. So our actions, you know, maybe one person, their lowest is their spouse's highest. So now you have a disconnect there. And then the other thing you have is men and women are just different. And, and, and so, like, you got to be careful with love languages. You got to be careful with male-female differences because they're broad brushes. So whenever you paint with broad brushes, you can always find outliers, right? You can always find an individual that's like, well, no, that's not how I do it, or no, that's not how I respond. But for the most part, these tend to hit a lot of people. 
And so I, I can't remember where, and it's been t- discussed a lot of different places, but in one book I read somewhere, and I've, I've heard it discussed many different times, and I think we've all experienced it, you have this general difference in how males and females respond to stress. Um, I can tell you early on, I was regularly would make the common mistake that when Nicole would be stressed out or tell me a story about something bad that happened, she would tell me the problem or what happened, and all I heard was a problem being presented and immediately I started brainstorming the solution. And really all I wanted to do was just offload all the thoughts in my brain so that you could hear and understand what I was talking about. I wasn't really looking for a solution. Right, and I'm sitting there going, okay, so she's bringing up a problem. Let's think through this. There's got to be a solution here. And so sometimes even before she'd finished telling the story, I'd be like, I got it. This is all you got to do. If you just say this, 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 and this, boom, this thing's taken care of. And I'm like, stop interrupting me. I'm just trying to empty my brain. And then I'm sitting there going like, why Why did you tell me this story if you don't want my answers? I don't understand. <laughs> you're going to tell me this, and then you're going to, you don't care. Like a, a funny one where I think this pops up a lot is when you will show me like, oh, I don't know what to wear. Should I wear this or should I wear that? You almost never go with what I told you to wear. But I think a lot of times what you're trying to communicate more is, Ugh, I'm stressed. I don't know which one to go with. Sometimes you just need to talk about it out loud, and it helps make And I'm easy. always like, you don't even... You don't care. <laughs> what I, I said the other one. Why would you pick that one? But I think that's important because you got to understand the layers there. Um, and then vice versa, right? Males, like if I have a stressful day, sometimes I need that decompression time. So like I'd say about 60, 70% of the time on the way home, I call you. Or, you know, I, I, I talk about the day. I say hi. I see how everybody's doing. But every now and then, I, I don't. Because for whatever happened that day, I just need to, like, decompress. And that drive home is just, like, a good chance to, like, have some silence, to to pray, to just, you know. Because then when you get home, you're hit with all the children. And, and this is important, too, because sometimes if, if you don't have a long commute, or maybe your commute's stressful, too, um, maybe your husband gets home, and you can tell he's stressed. So you're, you're thinking, well, if I was stressed, I, I'd want him to listen to what happened to me today. Mm-hmm. So let me dig this out. What's going on? What happened? Let so me you start asking questions. And he's sitting there going like, I don't want to relive this day. Yep. It does not help me to walk you back through how I was told I was an idiot or how my project failed or how I screwed something up. And in my brain, I literally cannot understand how it would not help you to talk it out. Right. And so then, <laughs> then I'm trying to deal with it and, and process and give some time. You're then trying to dig it out. Mm-hmm. And that just feels more like an interrogation of my failure or whatever I experienced that day. And I wouldn't say this is extreme for you and me, but I've seen this so many times sitting down with folks. And so just the the big thing we want people to kind of get is understand the complexity of communicating. So complex. You you have different people from different places, um, raised differently, use different definitions, show love languages in different ways, and then you're male and female, so you also are different in that way. Um, I mean, some of this even comes back to... um, I just remember the way, you know, when we first got together, my family is all boys until my little sister showed up 18 years after me. And so for, for the majority of growing up, it was four guys and mom. And we just rag on each other all the time. That is all we do. We trash talk. We make fun. We joke. We joke. We joke. We joke. In fact, you know there's a higher likelihood your brother is upset at you if you're not joking. Like, that's an issue. And by joking, he means like 
digging, insulting, picking on. <laughs> it's not just like ragging on you. It's it's just a nice little love tap. It's yeah. not it's not like a you know a hard hit. <laughs> and I grew up with just me and my brother, and we were nice to each other, and we did not rag on each other. We definitely did not do any of the things that you just described. Yeah, so early on, I would I would rag on Nicole. And initially, like, you know, a few jokes, she's good. But then I, I just keep going on stuff because that's what I do. <laughs> so then I was like, that is mean. Like, you are being so mean. You're being so mean right now. So great, well, great it, example, Luca. And, and you, you were really like, or I have to adjust your excitement levels. You get so excited at so many things. And if you can't be excited about the little things in life, I mean, then what are you doing? No, but like the other day we're driving and you, you make this huge exclamation and I think we're about to hit somebody and all it was, it was the first time you'd seen Girl Scout cookies. I really <laughs> love Girl Scout cookies. I know I'm not alone. I know yeah, that I'm, like, I'm not alone. I thought we were going to hit someone. Yes, <laughs> it's Girl Scout cookie season. I mean, you could have just been like, hey, it's Girl Scout cookies. Can we? So basically all of this to say that men and women communicate in a different way. And communication is a very complex subject. And, and building off communication, probably where it gets the biggest is arguing. Mm-hmm. And, and the reason these two are connected is, one, arguing is a form of communication. But also, often it's these smaller communication breakdowns that lead to escalated emotions, which right. then lead to you arguing. Right, so a bunch of little things kind of adding up rather than just one huge topic. I remember reading a book from Chuck Swindoll, who's a, a pastor teacher, and um, <laughs> he said one of the marriage advice pieces he gives is he will sit down with a couple and be like, have you had an argument yet? And if they're like, no, we never argue, he goes, well, then my goal is to make you get into an argument between now and your wedding. Because <laughs> he says in many ways, getting married is like, this is you're signing up to argue with this person for the rest of your life. And, and I think it's important to define arguing. Arguing doesn't mean you're throwing dishes. It doesn't mean you're cursing each other out. It doesn't mean you're going at each other's throats. I mean, hopefully not. Um, but it's, it's those moments where conflict is escalated with emotion. And how do you deal with those? Mm-hmm. And, and when you think about it, argument's going to happen. You have two sinners, which means you have two broken people. And that's, that's the definition for every human being ever. So you have two imperfect people living in close proximity and going through the most intimate items of life and events of life all the time. That's going to have arguments. Right. And, and so learning to argue well is, is really, really important. Um, and you got to make sure people, even in your arguing, know how to lo- show love in the way they're arguing. Right. So something to think about when arguing with the spouse is it's not you versus your spouse. When you're arguing, you should be thinking that it is you both versus the problem. Yeah, I think, you know, depending on cultures, but even just the nature of arguing, you tend to think it has to be there's a winner and there's a loser. Right. And, and so, and often when you argue elsewhere, that's what you're trying to do. Right. Normally, if you're debating at work and it's your plan or Bob's plan, you want to make Bob's plan sound bad and yours sound good. 
right? Because only one person can win. So if you bring that mentality into marriage, there's no winners in that argument then because even if your plan is accepted or, or your direction is accepted and your spouse loses. You're still not winning. Right, because your goal is to be unified. Your goal is to be one in both direction and in destiny. And so if, if you split on that and, and one wins and one loses, you've actually just divided yourselves. And so I think that's very important when you're arguing to remember that. The reality is, is yes, you both may have different tactics to solving the issue at hand, but you both have the same why. You both want to show love. You both want to be successful. You both want to come through this stronger as a couple. And I think keeping that focus is really, really important. Because if you remember that, that you're both on the same team, this is when name-calling disappears. Mm -hmm. This is when shouting disappears. This is when you're able to sit there across from your spouse and realize, even though I have no clue why you think that's the right path to go down, mm -hmm. you're not doing this to hurt me. You're not doing this to be evil. You love me. You've shown you love me. So help me understand. Why, why do you think this is the right plan? Or why do you want to go do this? Or, or You're able to just communicate in a more effective way. I think that's such a huge one because arguing can become per so personal so quickly. And you can so easily hurt your spouse's ego, their feelings. Their, I, mean, I mean, just by not even name calling, but just saying things that would personally hurt them. So by separating out the problem and understanding that it's you together facing this problem, that's such a big piece. And then I think another big thing, and it kind of leads into this, but I mean, it's a common, it's a common thing you th hear heard, but it's something I try to keep focused on is don't go to bed angry. And I know that sounds so cliche and I'll be honest, we are not perfect at that. There's been a few times in life where you don't resolve the problem that night or the problem is bigger, it's ongoing. But if you go back to the concept of it's you two versus the problem, it's actually easy to accomplish this because what you can go to bed with, even though there's not resolution is, I love you, you mean the world to me, and we're going to figure this out. Instead of, I'm going to go to bed stewing, I'm going to wake up in the morning ticked off and even more angry at you than I was last night. Right, because your fear is, and I'm a big believer in this, and this kind of leads into our, our last point on communication is, there's no real small things. Um. You know, some people think, oh, well, what's, what's the big deal if you go to bed angry one night? But what if it's two nights? What if it's three nights? Mm -hmm. What if it's four? What if it's a year? Um, and it's the same in communication. You don't want to nitpick your, your spouse. You don't want to drag them down with everything. But what I always tell people is if it's, if it's emotionally draining you, if, if it's something that's significant enough to you that it is ruining your day or it won't leave your mind, then have a conversation about it. Mm -hmm. there's so many people who, who have these little things or, or they think they're little when they say them out loud but the reality the doubt's there the fear's there the anger's there and they're just sitting on it mm -hmm. and the reality is you can sit on a few of them but they build up over time and then it could be something so small that just sets off this huge eruption of all the things you've been sitting on for so long. Well, and, and sitting as a, as a pastor who sat in these sessions before, I am always more optimistic when I'm sitting there and 
these two spouses are at each other's throats because of one big event. Because that gives us one thing to address. And there, yes, there may be some some root causes or other symptoms we need to address, but there's this one issue that occurred. It scares me to death when we're sitting there. And it's not one thing. It's a million things. Mm-hmm. And what you realize is, is, you know, talking to like what we talked to last episode, they have kept a ledger. There's everybody's wrongs and rights. When did this start breaking down? I don't know. It's a million different things that have occurred. Mm-hmm. And each of them by themselves sounds small and stupid. But you add them all up and it leads to a bad broken relationship. So we urge you to not let it build up. As you come across anything, whether it be something that you seem feel like is very small, address it in the moment and take care of it. Sitting on it, sleeping on it could only make it worse. And on the flip side, I think that also is true of, of fun stuff and good things. Mm-hmm. I love when you share dumb little things that happen throughout the day. Um, I, I, I think it brings you closer when you share a joke that makes you happy or a little thing that maybe no one else will understand. Um, and there thankfully is a lot of cool communication nowadays where it's easy to have a one second thing. Mm-hmm. Um, me and Nicole have little messages that just mean something to us that throughout the day we'll shoot to each other that they're, they're not huge. That's just a little reminder of like, Hey, I know your day's busy and mine's too, but right now I was thinking about you. Mm-hmm. And so the little things can go the other way too. Uh, before we wrap up, I just wanted to, you know, reflect a little bit on, on, you know, we're talking about a biblical marriage. There's one truth where I think all of these things come back to. And so last week I referenced to you guys Ephesians chapter five, where it talks about marriage. And I'm going to go back there to the kind of the conclusion where after it talks about um, the role of wives and the role of husbands, th- there's this very important concept that's brought in that, I think is huge. I think it's the basis for having a good relationship. It says in verse 28 of chapter five, so husbands ought to love their own wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. For no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it, just as the Lord does the church. For we are members of his body, of his flesh, and of his bones. For this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. And so... When you look at the biblical definition of marriage, one of the huge concepts is oneness. And and how it's viewed is, it's not a contract. We talked about this. God Almighty takes two separate beings and makes them one. And yes, they still have their their differences, but they are one. And so it's, you know, in this passage here, there's two big truths. One is, how stupid are you if you don't love your spouse? It's like hurting your own flesh. It's like breaking your own body. Why would you do that? If any of us see someone intentionally hurting themselves, we, we get them psychiatric help. And God's perspective is that's the same as if you're intentionally trying to tick off your spouse or hurt them. That's an issue that needs to be addressed. It makes no sense because you are one. The, the, the second piece is, is that oneness not only means the intimacy, but the primacy of that relationship, meaning this relationship is more important than any other human relationship. The only thing above it is your relationship with God. And so in this, he says, this is why you will leave your mother and father because in Jewish tradition and Jewish culture, there was no more significant relationship than a child's relationship with their parents. And so what he was clarifying here was, there's all these commandments and all these rules about you honoring your parents. 
However, when it comes time to get married, there is a new relationship that is prime, and that is you and your wife or you and your spouse. And so if there are any other relationships that are threats to that relationship, you got to address them. The you being united, that is the key to everything. And so often I've seen people where either in arguing or fighting, they don't think about this oneness, they don't think about their spouse as an extension of themselves, and so they get very selfish. And then also I've seen people make silly mistakes where they keep other people in their lives who they're more honest with. Mm-hmm. I mean, you have a couple people where they won't, they'll call you. Right. Yep. I've had coworkers at work who would confide in me serious things that were happening in their marriage, but wouldn't have the, um, but wouldn't approach the topic with their spouse. And so what happened is all these conversations were happening between us, but not between the person where it actually made the difference. Yeah. This one lady I, I used to work with, I remember one day she was sitting at work and she was like having a group conversation because she had a certain way she wanted the summer vacation to go. So she was strategizing with her girlfriends on how she could position this to get what she wanted from her husband. And that included in the strategy keeping certain pieces of information from him. Mm -hmm. And I remember just thinking like, why is it that you have other people in your life that you'll be more transparent, more honest, and more real with than your spouse. That's terrible. It could even be communication breakdowns that have caused hurt and damage to the relationship and that are causing her to, you know, have these conversations elsewhere. Right. And, and if you're sitting here going, well, hey, we're already there. Okay. Then you got to correct it. And so that's not to say that you should do a retroactive review of everything that's occurred. But how do you get back from where you are to where you should be? I do want to say on that note, too, that there's a huge stigma around counseling, marriage counseling, and things like that, and we really have to eliminate that. If you're in a troubled spot and you need help mediating everything, there should be no shame in approaching that and working to correct it. No, I mean, you need, uh, one of the biggest things God teaches you through the Bible is you need help of other people, Mm -hmm. and my belief is why, this is why it's so important to be part of a church, is having loving people who have the same focus, definition, understanding uh, of marriage and love in your life is huge. It's huge to refer back to those people. And so just, you know, think about all those things. Communication is a complex thing. And it's one of those things you got to work at. you got to get better at. Um, so many people, like, we have these hobbies in our lives, and we'll read books and watch YouTube videos, and we'll do anything and everything to figure out how to be a better hunter, a better cook, a better mechanic. Uh, but when it comes to communicating with our spouse or our loved ones, we're like, eh, I'll just wing it. Right. Not a smart move. It's the most important thing. So as we wrap up episode five and all of the things that we just touched on regards to communication and arguing and all the things, if you have any questions about any of those topics, definitely feel free to reach out um, to me at Hello Happy Mom on Instagram. If you have any ideas for future topics that you'd like us to discuss or anything you'd like us to talk about a little bit more, definitely be sure to let us know. Thank you guys so much for joining us and we'll see you again next week. Thanks for spending some time with us today. If you like what you heard, please subscribe and leave a review. You can find more content at Hello Happy Mom on Instagram or at my blog, hellohappymom.com.